You're listening to DraftKings Network. Today on The Cooligans, we have the fruit bowl god himself (laughs) of Nashville SC, Dax McCarty. That's right, but we talk about the fruit bowl and a lot more tonight on The Cooligans! Man like troops, back again. About my blood clot, Yang, all of that. Man came on The Cooligans and shut the thing down. Make sure you watch. If you don't, you're a ham roll, blood. Yeah, baby! What? I love it. It's, it, it's, you sound like you're in ACDC. <laughs> I, I sound like right before I started, someone was just like, what happens if we kick his balls? <laughs> you sound like you're doing some sick egg <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's show. Uh, we're excited about today's show uh, very, very oh, much. So, oh, uh, baby, we are wildly excited. <laughs> okay, so let's start with the, the, you know, the typical pleasantries. Hello, my name is Christian Polanco. That's right. I'm Alexis Guerrero's yada yada oh. yada. <laughs> <laughs> we are the Cooligans. We are your favorite stand-up comedians that host the funniest soccer show that you have ever seen. But uh, and we're also what Alexis. What it says on your shirt, baby. We're the gulliest. You know what right. it says on my okay. shirt. It says milk in Italian. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We got a priority straight. <laughs> You're damn right. Okay. Uh, so we're excited about today's show because uh, today we are, we're going to be joined by Dax McCarty. And if you guys uh, know about Dax McCarty, obviously played for FC Dallas, played uh, with New York Red Bull, Chicago Fire, currently at Nashville. He, we have a history. We have a past. That's right. How many people you know got history? With fruit in a bowl. <laughs> yes, it's uh, it's a we're we're in a very unique uh, uh you know, part of our American soccer history. Uh, because yes, us finally connecting with Dax is a thing everyone has been waiting for. This, you know, what it it happened not too long ago, right? We went to All Star. We went there. We talked to him. He knew who we were. Crazy. We were shocked. No one <laughs> knew who we were. I, I remember just standing around at that scrum. And everyone around us hated us because they're real <laughs> journalists and we're asking about a goddamn fruit bowl. Yeah, yeah. This was the first time I really felt like the, you know, the the mainstream soccer media was like, who are these fools? The what are they doing? <laughs> the <media. laughs> okay. We're, we're coming after you, all right? Could you imagine them asking actual tactical questions about the goddamn all-star game? And we're out here just trying to have a good time. And we're the assholes. <laughs> uh, crazy. All right. Uh, no, but the, obviously it was uh, long overdue. And we were we really, really. Uh, I, and it wasn't like we hadn't tried in the past either. No, uh, no. We've been trying for so long. I mean, if you think about this, we flew to Chicago once we heard he was a part of the All-Star game to yeah. talk to him. We saw him and his entire family. <laughs> <laughs> at a at a I guess a big market in Atlanta at the Ponce de Leon market. Yeah. And we legitimately ran up on him like we found an op in the street. <laughs> hey, yo, hey, yo, fam, you ain't going inside. <laughs> okay, you need to stay here and talk to us first. Okay, <laughs> we, we were like, we were like following a lead, like detectives. You know? Oh yeah, dude. And, could you, and imagine how gracious his family was. And I think it was his. It might have been his wife's dad, his father-in-law, who was like, "Are these the boys?" <laughs> you, the, <laughs> you know? I was like, "Oh shit!" Okay. Yeah, we're you know we're part of the McCarty family history. You know, you know, it feels good. Uh, but no, I. I 
obviously uh, getting to talk to him uh, was incredible. Uh, you know, we got to, you know, I, we, we're, we're all kind of uh, experiencing this uh, quarantine in our in our own way. And he gets to uh, share what he's doing. Uh, and he also, you know, frankly, trashes us a little bit. You know, he still has yeah, that man. that little that little, uh, you know, that, that Red Bull uh, energy uh, drink. Uh, hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. I was going to say, if you don't say it. <laughs> because he came after us hard, bro. Uh, but we had a good time. Uh, yeah, let's just say this conversation had wings. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's, I, I think we should just get right to it because everybody's uh, kind of waiting for it. And uh, this is uh, one of these. Uh, not, not only is this uh, another Cooligans podcast, this is is a, uh, a, a, you know, a, a milestone for the Cooligans. So I just want everybody to know when they're listening to this, that, you know, this was a, a this is, this fruit bowl, this Dax fruit bowl was a, a thing that um, helped define who we were, who we are. What what are we doing? Are we, are we just comedians talking about footy? No, we're idiots who send soccer players fruit bowls and that is going to be who we are and, and and dax is a part of us discovering you know what what this is all about so absolutely this is our this is our coming of age moment is is this fruit bowl it's like in a movie where like a beautiful girl tells a guy that that's been in love with her for years oh no i just thought we were friends and that's the origin story as to why he's a fuckboy. You know what I mean? <laughs> like why he's just an asshole, can't be in a relationship, drives a convertible in the winter. You know what I mean? That's that's what this is to us. Dax, us sending Dax this bowl and the reaction of our fans is what made us into the cooligans that we are today, which are not fuckboys. But you <laughs> no, get the you get the, no, you get the yeah. riff. This is this is at you know the end of a rom com when we f- f- figured it all out. You know so we made up. Kiss a- me. <laughs> We made we made our mistakes. Everything is, uh, you know, we realize who our true love is, and right. uh, and it is Dax McCarty. So That's right, dude, all that plastic surgery we got, fake abs, and fake <laughs> fake pecs we put in are worth it, dude. Correct, it's Dax. All right, you know, I, we obviously we're on the next season of Botched, but uh, it was all <laughs> yeah. worth it. I mean, I definitely, I should be the whole season if we got plastic surgery. That's a damn sure. <laughs> so I mean, what else can we do besides? Just get to the damn interview. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're a day one, you've waited four years. Because I know, not four as in F-O-U-R, <laughs> F-O-R years. Because I know we have. Ladies and gentlemen, this is it. Our interview with Dax McCarty. Oh my God, we're so excited. Finally, right? This has taken, this, this is years. Long, long overdue. Yeah. This is the only player we've ever bribed, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we, we sent him a wedding gift. Uh, I mean, you just saw the video. So you saw the video that brings you up to date. If you're new to Cooligans and you have no idea what we're talking about, this brought you up to date. But we're also just excited because this dude has played in the league for a long time. He's played on the men's national team. And he's just, if you know American soccer, you know this guy. Christian, let's go. I, I mean, if you're driving, <laughs> Pull over. First of all, why are you driving? We should be quarantined. Second of all, pull over. <laughs> Put your hands together for the one, the only, Dax McCarty, everybody. Hello, Dax. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. <laughs> no, nah, dude, this, so is, much. this is amazing, man. Yes, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, look, there's a, there's a lot to get to. There's serious stuff. There's silly stuff. But I, let's let's start 
quickly with um, how are you doing? How's how are you holding up in this quarantine? I've uh, I, I've seen some of your social media. You're you're definitely spending more time with family. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, I don't know if your family appreciates that necessarily. You got a you got a little daddy daycare thing going on there too. <laughs> it's it's a, it's a blessing and a curse, right? My uh, my wife she appreciates me being around more to help with uh, our eleven month old Callum, but. She doesn't appreciate seeing me as much as she is. She's like, God, I wish you would get out of the house. Um, so I have my my quarantine stash, as you guys can see, to, yeah. to our, our social distancing. Um, she generally wants to steer clear of me most hours of the day, but this just helps secure that. So yeah. we're hanging she in there, man. herself and she's like, let's go see what Dax is. You know what? Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're generally she's generally tried to be, tries to be in a different room of the house with me most of the day. But um, there are those there are those times when I need to change diapers, um, where I need to make bottles, all that fun stuff. So it, it's been it's been generally okay. Obviously, everything going on right now, um, being close to the people you care about the most, I think is is a little bit of a blessing. Especially you guys know the season's crazy. Um, Nashville SC somehow we're in the Western Conference, so. We have some, we had had an absurd amount of travel prepared. So you, you, you never want to see anything like this happen, but you try to find the silver linings and everything and being able to be closer to my son and, and, uh, try to mold his little brain right now is, is certainly something I'm, I'm not taking for granted. Okay. I also got to give you credit for the stash because I know my wife is a redhead. There's a lot of redheads in her family. I know a lot of redheads. You very rarely get the full red on the beard as well. Sometimes it goes blonde <laughs> or black. Oh, yeah. You are you are just red hair. <laughs> Whatever hair comes out of your body, it's red, buddy. <laughs> Doesn't matter. And I think I think I think my son might be going blonde right now. It's actually devastating because when he was born, <laughs> I was like, yes, I'm continuing the ginger population to grow. We yeah. are. We are like unicorns. I mean, yeah. as your wife probably knows, you married a unicorn. Congratulations! <laughs> I like um, to say but- I married a bald eagle. You know, because she's you're <laughs> you're extinct. You're going extinct. You're an endangered species. True. So I, I was, you know, my son when he was just born. I was like, it's hard to tell. And then around like three, four months, you were like, all right, we got another ginger in the family. This is going to be huge. And now I'm like getting nervous because like. Every day, the only times my wife wants to see me, she's like, oh, look at his hair. It's getting blonder every day. And I'm thinking in my head, damn it, she's right. So I don't know. I don't know what we're going to – I don't know what kind of what kind of kid we're, we're producing out here. But um, I hope he's red. She hopes that he's blonde. It's kind of a little bit of a war right now. Okay. This is like an odd bloods and crips that you guys have going on <laughs> yeah. in the past. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dax. Um, let let's get to the, the 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 questions and and the topics that definitely our fans are are mostly concerned about, and the the fruit bowl. Yeah, uh, no, we knew that was coming. We taking good care of her. So you guys know you guys know we moved from Chicago to Nashville. Um, I regret to inform you that the fruit bowl is not in the house that I'm currently in. It's actually in storage. Okay. Okay. Don't worry. worry. (laughs) It's still safe. Um, It's funny because actually the house we're in right now is a rental and we're just renting month to month. And so we had to be very selective in the things that we brought here because it's a fully furnished place. Yeah. And there is a fruit bowl already in here and it's not as good as the one that we got from you guys, but (laughs) you have to make do. We couldn't bring a lot of stuff in here. Uh, We're going to hopefully move into a new house here in a month and then it will make its glorious entrance into the world of Nashville. Um, All right. You're going to carry it past the threshold. (laughs) Oh yeah, I think so. It's uh, it's doing well. 
it's on its perch. It's like, not. I made sure my wife didn't put any heavy boxes on it. (laughs) Okay. I'm glad. Could we ask what was in that moment when you received it? Did you notice, or I think it's, you were using a website. So maybe you got an alert that something was purchased for you and you were like the who, (laughs) you know, did it it ever strike you? Did you think we were stalkers? What happened there? I don't know. I, I, you know what? I had absolutely nothing to do with our wedding registry uh, whatsoever. And so I think that, you know, my wife, we were getting like different things left and right. I think that um, the fact that we didn't really send out any thank you cards, apologies to all our friends and family and you guys, especially, um, it just all kind of blended together. We were just like, I think we just kind of blasted out like a, a friends and family mass text, which this was before, you know, we had each other's information so I'm, I'm, I'm thanking you now in person i actually thanked you guys in person at, That's right, yeah. yeah but uh yeah we we didn't i didn't make too much of it until we just had this fruit bowl and i was just like <laughs> what is this thing what is, <laughs> fruit bowl? like it was actually funny because i was just like why would first of all why would we have this on our registry second of all, <laughs> who gave it to us and it was kind of just this ongoing joke until finally we actually talked about it at the all-star game and i was like all right here they are They're yeah right here and I, I, I apologize. It took so long to, uh, to it's thank all good. You. No, it's okay. But you know, the, the first thing that we thought, because look, you are uh, an intense competitor. You're kind of an intense dude. I'll be honest, Dax, right? And when we, when we sent you the fruit bowl and then we saw you at the all-star game, honestly, my first thought was like, this dude hates us. There's no way he doesn't hate us. <laughs> I was so self-conscious. Uh, and it was, uh, once we finally got the thank you, it was good to hear and, and, and meet your wife. It was good to hear and have that sort of like, yeah, I don't, that like did we ever talk about on the podcast how we just like saw Dax in Atlanta at the Ponce de Leon market with his entire family. And we just like ran up and we're like, we're the guys who give you a fruit ball. <laughs> You're like, please leave me alone. My family's here. That was fantastic. No, I, uh, I you guys see me, you know, on the field and, and the intensity on the field, but hopefully you see on social media that I'm, I got, I got another side to me and I, I love the banter. Um, I love the sarcasm. There's like nothing you guys, you guys speak my language. And so I'm glad that at the all-star game, you know, you could break the ice and we could kind of lead, just be like, no man, it's fine. I love it. The fruit bowl is amazing. It's going to always have a place in our house. Uh, <laughs> my wife gets sick of it and, and something newer, cooler comes on the market. Of course. We might, yeah. we, I might, I might re-gift it. I might send it back. To you, oh, that'd be dope. Wants, right. Whatever one he wants it, I might re-gift it. So when my wife leaves me, you can send it to me because it might be the only thing I have left. <laughs> we are with Dax McCarty of Nashville Soccer Club. And yes, we were talking about uh, the Fruit Bowl uh, and how much of a, you know, either talking point or a, a uh, an important uh, you know, peace to, to, to a home. I think it, co- I think it completed your home. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, uh, 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 you know, some say a child completes a family, but no, it's definitely this fruit bowl. Uh, well, we, did, we needed something to go on our kitchen Island and then things showed up and it was like, Voila. Yeah. It, it felt a little bit, at least for, for, for us, it felt like we were, uh, partially, and you know, people saw it in the beginning of the video, but it felt like, at least for me, I was like, I feel like I'm intruding on this on these people's lives. <laughs> well, I think the reason we we found is we were trying to find a, a an Instagram post, and for some reason, that jumped right to the top, and I was like, oh look, their registry, and I'm, immediately <laughs> him and I were like, we should not be looking through this at all, and we're like, I'm, well, it's public, right? Like, like let's buy them something, and we did it on the show, but like. Have you and your wife ever talked about who owns 
that fruitful? Because it wasn't good for both of you. But, you know, like technically I view the TV as mine and everything else is my wife's. <laughs> like what yeah. is it? Yeah, no, my my wife knows whose whose fruit ball that is, and, and <laughs> I uh, I tend to I tend to eat a lot of bananas, make sure my potassium potassium levels are high. Um, but uh, she knows that I use that thing quite often, and she always likes to joke around if I'm I'm her uh, her just her first ex husband. So if, uh, if we ever if, if, if anything ever needs to get settled, that fruit bowl is the first thing I'm requesting. Take half my money. Take half my assets. <laughs> Come with me. I don't care. Here's a great question. Who gets the TAM? <laughs> uh, I think that people actually have to understand what that is. So if it cannot yeah. be defined, it cannot be sparked out. So I, I'm not really sure. But but did I you go to school argue. for law? That was great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We can't really define it. So we not get the airline miles, though. Yeah. But um, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about uh, your career, uh, North Carolina Tar Heel. Um, we've talked to some players. You're in the generation following, but we've talked to players like Jimmy Conrad, who said like college was the thing for them. They didn't really see a future in professional soccer. Their goal was to get it. His goal was to get into UCLA. North Carolina, really big soccer program. Was that the same for you or did you have your sights set on one day getting into like the American national team or things like that? Well, yeah, Jimmy's a dinosaur, so it makes sense. That, <laughs> it, it makes sense that he wouldn't really have visions of field soccer because I, I don't know what was around in the '80s for American players. Um, but for me, I was like, no, like I, I, I'm, I'm gonna make, I, I'm gonna, I need to make it as a pro. I literally have zero passion or desire to do anything else in my life. If I don't make it, uh, I'm gonna be in trouble here. I'm gonna be living with mom and dad until I'm 30, which nothing wrong with that. Uh, but I. I uh, I needed to be successful because I told myself um, this was my dream. You know, you have players uh, that have dreams one day of, of going to a World Cup and being the best player in the world. And, and obviously, I had those dreams and I made it as a pro. I think, you know, probably argue best player in the world probably didn't quite make it that, that far. But uh, yeah, I, I went to UNC and the reason I picked UNC was because back at that moment in time, North Carolina was producing a lot of pros every year. The ACC was the the cream of the crop in terms of um, developing talent to actually move on to MLS. This was the first year or two of the generation Adidas program. Um, I was coming from residency, the under 17 national team. And so I just kept looking at it as a stepping stone, every level, just to try to take it further and further and further. Um, but I think MLS right around those mid two thousands, when I turned pro in 2006, um, clearly isn't what it what what it is today um but that was a path for young players like myself that that we could see and have dreams about incredible yeah, yeah. It, it is uh you, i mean you have uh, had uh, an incredible career when it comes to uh especially you are that guy that is you know obviously a, a, a captain of, of of plenty of teams but people look to you for leadership for for guidance uh what where did did that develop in any particular place uh, we really only mean on the soccer field dax Uh, (laughs) (laughs) not to inflate your (laughs) no but christian you were saying no no one should follow the mustache (laughs) no i think i think for me um it's not something leadership for me it's not something you can fake it's not something that um that that you can let's say, just churn up out of nowhere, right? I think it's all natural. And I think the best leaders do it in like this effortless type of way. And, and for me, I just always kind of took after my father. And 
for you guys that don't know, my, my dad is, is kind of like a, a legend around the, uh, around the parts of Florida where, where he's well known. He was, uh, he was in the Navy. He was in Top Gun. He was a Top Gun pilot. Oh. Uh, um, yeah. He flew fighter jets and, and he always likes to joke around that the movie Top Gun he's, is actually based off of his exploits. But, uh, obviously, I call, now, now, now the mustache makes more sense. Right, yeah. right. Well, I call BS on the exploits, but he was he was one of the best pilots um, for his generation. Uh, he flew all kinds of fighter jets, and, and obviously in the Navy, um, you know, you you have to first of all you have to be follow orders, and and you have to be a, a good leader as well. So. My dad raised my brother and I the same way. Um, he, he told us to stand up for what we believe in. Always make sure that you know you have strong convictions, strong opinions, and I, I always have. I, I always have. It's come natural to me. And, and uh, for me, someone, one of my friends asked me. He's like, "Are you going to be mad if you don't get the armband for Nashville?" And I said, "Absolutely not. No." I, I said, "I don't need the armband at any of the clubs that I've been at to still be me and to still do what I do and to still mm-hmm. try to be a good teammate and a good leader." Um, because there are a couple different kinds of leader. You can be vocal. You can be a guy that leads by example. Um, but you have to earn that respect, right? Just because a guy has an armband doesn't mean he's going to earn that respect. And so for me, I always, whenever I went into a new team or whenever um, new players were coming into our team, um, it didn't matter where my perceived status was in the group or coming into a new group. I always just wanted to prove myself, earn the respect of my teammates, and then I go from there and, and I, I lead in the ways that I've learned from my dad and from other good leaders that I've been under. But that's also because right. when you play, you look like an angry, hungry pit bull. Like you're always, <laughs> even at the beginning of the match, you seem upset about something. You know? <laughs> is that, is that the most mode you the, get most, yourself most, into? Most of the time it's because I, I, uh, I look at the refs. I shake the refs hands. I'm like, right, you're going to do something to, <laughs> you're gonna- and I know it. And then I'm going to take it out on my opponent. It's always these little mind games you have to play with yourself. But yeah, I, I, I would actually argue with you, Alexis, that I am becoming, as I get older, I'm becoming less angry. Um, I think in my career, I let referees just get under my skin way too much. And I would be quick. I would have a quick trigger to, to look for an excuse to just go off on them. But I think I'm in my old age and, and becoming a father, you know, I'm, I'm starting to try to see uh, see it from both sides and have a little bit of perspective, but you got to play with an edge, man. If you don't play with an edge, then you're already losing half the battle. I'd love yeah. to see Dax be like, they're not that bad of guys. Relax. Stop yelling <laughs> at them. We got more with Dax. We get back no, after this. The minute that you see my teammates surrounding a referee and you see me pushing them away, that's how, you know, I'm, I'm getting older. <laughs> In the break, Dax noticed the wall behind me. And I was like, wait a minute. I think you're on the wall. Buddy, look at this bad boy. Look at this pretty son of a bitch. Huh? And also, look at the face you're making. Not a happy one. This is what we're talking about. The ref just made a bad call before that. You're angry at the ball. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm angry at the ref. I'm, the technique is, is quality. Though. Yeah. Oh, without Actually, a doubt. You know what I noticed? This is the Jubilani. Remember that Jubilini, whatever yeah. that ball was, that terrible ball? No wonder you're mad at it. It was terrible. Right? <laughs> Everyone hated that ball. <laughs> I kicked it. It wouldn't go where I wanted it to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You would have had forty-two goals that that's season. Not, that's not a player quality issue. That's a no. double line. Of course, of Regar- course. <laughs> even though it says that on the back of the card, which I think is disrespectful by uh, <laughs> upper deck, it really is the ball. Yeah. Uh, well, you you are wearing you are wearing your Red Bull uniform in uh, in that photo. Uh, so we should talk about uh, your 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 time with the Red Bulls, which is uh, incredible years. Obviously, you are a, a, a 
you know, officially a, a New York Red Bulls legend. Uh, people still talk very, very positively. Of which you, is a uh, lot here. to say because you came from D.C., which is the biggest rival yeah. before NYCFC. So for you to be considered. Yeah, a legend, but you were in you, you were in D.C. for like 15 minutes. Okay. Right. That's right. I, uh, I, I sometimes I'll go on Wikipedia and I'll try to delete that time from my, my existence. Yeah, so, the history. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, one thing we, we we spoke about this with Derek Etienne Jr. when he was on our show because uh, you know people know we, we're NYCFC fans. We go to games and stuff, and we were at the uh, the seven nil. Yeah. Uh, we so, stayed for the whole thing. <laughs> you guys have to refer to it as the red wedding. That's right. <laughs> the Red Bull wedding, as they, yeah. as they say. Um, so look, that uh, I, I, I think we, we should we should end up doing like this whole uh, uh, like piecing together everybody's experiences. And maybe we'll have this a documentary on this game because <laughs> because this was uh, brutal for NYCFC fans and uh, and Rebel fans were I, I, I vividly remember, especially uh, when the when the fans that they, the ones that wear all the black shirts they took off their shirts and like at five nothing they were taking off their shirts or whatever uh but what it was your you scored in this game i believe so you uh, yeah scored too yeah stacks we know <laughs> i want to make sure that the cooligans get the facts <laughs> okay all right no fake soccer news out here all right uh, what was uh your uh, uh how did you prepare for that game uh and and, and after the seven nil how do you still feel about it even today yeah i mean in those early years um you know it was like like Alexa said earlier, like DC United, New York Red Bulls. Like that was the the rivalry of the league. Like biggest rivalry in league history goes way back. The animosity there is real. When NYCFC came in, though, there was something different about that, right? I mean, there was just something different about being in the same city. Um, the whole like New York versus New Jersey thing, all that stuff, um, and, and it was real. The animosity was real. Uh, the will to win was real. I think we've re- more recently seen the LA Galaxy, LAFC. I mean, it's yeah. something about the the crosstown uh, rivals that that it really adds a little bit of spice. And so, how the first year went, I mean, we always wanted to beat them, no matter what. And they were stubborn. Like I don't know. I mean, you guys have to remember Vieira. He was really stubborn in the way that he wanted to play, and he would accept nothing less. And so yeah. I remember vividly in that game, we were winning. Like, it's always a little bit of nervy before you start any games like that. Yankee Stadium, you never know how it's going to go. The ball could bounce right to your feet. It could bounce into the seventh row. Like, you just weren't sure, right? The pitcher's mound, home plate, who knows? I had no idea. (laughs) And you're saying that because it's such a perfect place to play soccer. That's why you're saying this. (laughs) (laughs) It was painful. So, we started that game off and, and... Things were going well. We knew exactly how NYCFC was going to play. And I believe it was 3-0 at halftime. And the only thing that was said in the locker room at halftime was, guys, they are literally not going to change the way that they play. Just do the exact same thing you just did. (laughs) And so usually as a player, you're sitting there like, well, uh, I disagree. Like, they're going to make adjustments. They're going to change this or that. And and Jesse was literally like, they are not going to change a thing. Like, do exactly what you just did. And usually like, it doesn't really work how like one half goes one way, the other half, like no matter what, it's going to go differently. It just went better in the second half. (laughs) Every time we shot the ball, it went in the net and and the NYCFC players were just looking at each other, like dejected, like we're, it doesn't matter if we lose this game 10 zero, which I don't know if you guys remember it as vividly as I do. It could have been 10 seriously with the amount of chances. Like I know my boy Lloyd, Sam missed a few. I'm calling you out Lloyd. (laughs) <laughs> um, but 
after that game was over, you just had this feeling of like NYCFC players, they didn't really care how bad the score got, but they were more nervous that they would get yelled at for not keep continuing to try to play because Vieira was so adamant about it. And yeah. Obviously, it didn't work out for them that game, but I think Vieira was a great coach. And eventually, it became clear how, how good of a coach he was, but not on that day. <laughs> you know, I always like to say in soccer, it seems, especially for like when you're trying to install a new uh, system, sometimes you need to see the rock bottom before you can make changes to see how you're going to be attacked. <laughs> what a rocky bottom, huh? <laughs> there might not have been a worse rock bottom in MLS history, but I don't look, think so. Back to NYCFC for actually what they were able to do under Vieira and how good they ended up playing because um, they did play some of the best football, best soccer in the league, and they still do. So um, if they can get out of a baseball stadium, that will be a, a very, uh, very welcome thing for the entire league, I think. Yeah, yeah good, because then always... the ghost of that 7-0 goes away, right? That's how that works. <laughs> that will never go away, my friend. I'm well, sure you guys know that it won't go away. I actually am going to invite you on Friday, Thursday or Friday of this week, um, I'm doing, we're doing a little rehash MLS special, uh, me and a, and an, uh, anonymous NYCFC player. I don't know who it is yet. We're going to do, uh, watch the 90 minutes of that game on MLS and we're going to have a little banter, a little commentary. So Ooh. I invite you guys, look, I know you don't have anything else to do. I want you to relive it with me. I'm gonna take that journey, that odyssey through the, uh, the seventh row and I'll do down for you. I, I imagine it's uh, David Villa and Dax is just trashing David Villa. <laughs> He's like, I hope, I hope he no entiendo. Sorry. <laughs> he speaks decent English, but I don't know if Pirlo, one of the legends, man. That Not that fun. night he won't. Like when Sammy Sosa had to talk in front of the federal government about steroids, he's like, and no pickingly. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, he's like, no, no, no. <laughs> That's what I would do. My wife is yeah. like, you know, what happened to all the chocolate? I'm like, king, king to win. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Well, yeah, there, there is like that. Um, I mean, the, the members of that game, it, you even mentioned the, the ghost of 7-0. I remember the, the next match, I believe, at Rebel Arena, there was a fan wearing a, a, a ghost, like a, wearing a sheet and have has 7-0 on it. it just like <laughs> The banter was like, great. Yeah, fantastic. I actually think that next the NYCFC fans, that was the, when they ripped up some seats at Red Bull Arena. So look, man, come on. That was the the, the anger level. If I'm angry on the field, yeah. the NYCFC fans after that game. Don't take, worry, took me to Dex. A- there's a lot that weren't being used back then in that stadium anyway. <laughs> we got more with Dex after this. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. We just want to bring it with a word from one of our sponsors, us and you and maybe even Ali Krieger. <laughs> Correct. Uh, so, uh, yes, Gully Squad has been uh, litter than ever. Uh, oh, wow. It's wild, Liddy. In fact, some of us, <laughs> the people came in and said, hey, we heard you were having a party. You're going to get a ticket because of coronavirus. I said, no, no, no. It's just Gully Squad. They said, all right, well, then please continue. I'm sorry I interrupted. <laughs> okay. And then I tip my cap to the officer. Uh, <laughs> so, no, uh, Gully Squad has been uh, again, especially during this quarantine, we, we've, we've spoken about how it is more than just a, a you know, just getting some uh, extra content. It is becoming a, a very much a full-fledged community of, uh, of people uh, sharing ideas, sharing stories of comedy, uh, uh, everything. So, uh, and, and yes, you may have heard recently on our, on we did a Zoom call. We did a, the first Gully Squad happy hour. And, and that, was, that wasn't even us. That was just the, the Gully Squad members putting that together. Shout out uh, to, to Peter. 
Peter Garcia who who uh, who had the idea uh, initially, and he uh, wanted to get drunk with other members and let's go, you know. Yeah, and let me yeah. tell you something. I think it started around what seven, seven, six p.m. It started at six p.m. Yeah, I logged back in at like eleven thirty, and it was still happening, dude. Bro, that's how that's how we do it. I Gully Squad, bro. Gully Squad. It ain't it ain't called Softy Squad, my guy. <laughs> okay. Also, I mean, how did you know my nickname in high school? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that that's the you know the 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 Mister Softy Truck uh, uh, subscriber service. Actually, I got it after prom. It was a really, I mean, you know, first time drinking yes. whiskey. It was a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I hate that it stuck. I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but if you wanna, yes, the, the 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 Gully Squad Happy Hour was unbelievable, and we. We had a, a special guest join us, uh, Ali Krieger of or the Orlando Pride and the U.S. Women's National Team, two, two-time World Cup champion, just hop hopping in a Zoom calls hey, uh, uh, with hey, us. Christian. How many other how many other uh, podcast fan group Zoom happy hours <laughs> do you think two two-time World Cup winners be hopping into, or someone on the cover of People magazine? <laughs> uh, I can't look. I'm I'm rifling through all my paperwork. You hear right? Okay. <laughs> I'm okay. trying to I'm trying to get through it. Uh, I honestly cannot find anything. I'm, I, and I have the records. I'm you know? trying I'm, to add it up right now, and you can hear my my, my uh, calculator with the break with the paper. You can hear it going. <laughs> Ding. There it is. And look, it says zero. The, the number is zero. So you can no. stop rifling through all your paperwork with your your what are the the, the printer with the that all the paper was like court like dot matrix yes. dot matrix. That's your dot matrix paper. You can stop looking at it, dude. <laughs> no, but I love. I can't let it go. No, you know. No, keep it. For sure, keep it because you need a, you need the records for seven years uh, for tax reasons. What I'm saying is you can stop rifling through it for this. Oh, oh for okay, okay. Well, we'll 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 get through this break, guys. Yeah. Uh, so, so um, yeah. Look, that, that those are some of the things that uh, are possible if you join Gully Squad. There's a lot of fun. Um, not only is just cool content, but uh, fun surprises like that. And we are actively trying to you know make it more than just a you know uh, just just sending you an extra twenty minutes. Of uh, of a podcast a week or or a month or whatever, we're trying to like offer Gully Squad members a a, a genuinely fun experience, uh, similarly to what we get to have. You know, I, we're, we're trying to put out something really really fun and cool. And it's, uh, it's all the uh, stuff we would have wanted when we were just soccer fans and didn't have a podcast or a TV show. Total, it's totally. like this is what I would I would have loved to have been hanging out on some you know conference call or something like that. You know, and all of a sudden, a, a, world, a two-time World Cup winner just hops on from you know her backyard, just hanging out. Sure, you know, it would have been nice if Ronaldinho would have called from prison. From prison, you know? dude. Imagine we were his only phone call. <laughs> oh, how lit is that, dude? He's like, so, yo, I ain't even trying to get out, dog. I just want to say what was good. I just made this phone call to say what's good. I don't need to talk to no lawyers. Get the Gully Squad on the phone, Ew, dog. <laughs> what are my lawyers gonna do? I did this shit. You know. <laughs> All right, so please join Gully Squad. Go to SoccerCooligans.com and hit the Join Gully Squad button. I promise you uh, it is as fun uh, as these breaks. Uh, we, have, we have a good time with it. And, uh, yeah, it, you'll, you'll all have unique experiences and really cool things. That, and you'll help the show grow. Uh, so please, please do that. SoccerCooligans.com and click on Join Gully Squad. All right, we are back with Dax McCarty. 
of National Soccer Club. Uh, Dax, we were talking about the, your time with the New York Red Bulls, but you also, uh, while you were there, you got to play with obviously a, a, a bunch of legendary players, one of them being uh, uh, Thierry Henry. Uh, you know, Alexis is a big uh, Arsenal fan. Yeah. Uh, he, obviously, he has, uh, he doesn't stop talking. I'm an Everton fan. Uh, we don't get along when it comes to that stuff. <laughs> What's the point? Why even be a fan of soccer at that point? <laughs> but, uh, hey, to me, Howard, all right? That was, that was my connection. Um, yeah. But but your time uh, playing with Thierry Henry, what was uh what was that like? Is there any uh, what your kind of first impressions when you first uh, uh, met him and things like that? Yeah, extremely intimidating, a very intimidating guy. Um, we were just talking about this a little bit, but just the sheer size of the man, um, you <laughs> realize it until you stand next to him. You're just like you feel like a little kid standing next to like your dad, and you're like, wow. <laughs> How are you so big? Um, and, and you remember his days at Arsenal as like this, like skinny, like fast winger. Um, and, and then I think later on in his career, right? You know, he, he put on a little bit more muscle, and he was just like this stocky guy. And so he was really intimidating to be around. But the one thing I always say about Thierry is um, he not only expected a high level out of himself. Duh, that's why he's won the World Cup and the Champions League and played yeah, yeah. in the world. But but he expected a high level out of his teammates as well. And so he would hold you to that standard. And I think he was actually harder on the guys that, that he respected and the guys that he enjoyed playing with more so than guys that maybe he, he didn't see a lot of quality or he didn't really enjoy the way they played or didn't enjoy playing with them. And, and that's when he was kind of just like, all right, I'm okay with you making a mistake because I really don't expect that much out of you. So for me, it was like, once I earned his respect, like, um, you know, he would get on top. He would get on me constantly, constantly play forward, um, find my feet, don't play backwards, all, all kinds of stuff. And, and I always thought he was picking on me, but then uh, I started to realize it's, it's because the expectations uh, were higher and he wanted to push me to be a better player and to, to get to a higher level. And so um, I think playing with a guy like that, I think that's when I really took on board, like how to have like personal responsibility and accountability to expect myself to play at a higher level. And then I can ask that of my teammates. Right. So I learned a lot from him, man. He was, uh, he was a really, really interesting character and fun guy to play with. Let's say yeah. uh, things changed. And instead of going to Nashville, you had been traded or, or signed with Montreal and now he's your manager. What kind of manager do you think he'd be? And, uh, why, you know, how do you think, like, it, did you see it early on playing with him, his development into uh, sort of a manager? I did. I did. The guy literally eats, breathes, sleeps soccer. <laughs> I do too. Look, I'm a, I'm a soccer junkie. Like I openly admit that I, I have zero other love or passion for anything else outside <laughs> um, and my family. But, but Thierry is the exact same way. And I could have told you this if, if you asked me when he was at the Red Bulls, I was like, that guy wants to coach. Cause you could have conversations with him and you would be having a coffee at, at nine in the morning. And then you turn around and it's noon and you're like, Oh, it's lunchtime. Like we have to stop talking about soccer now. He, <laughs> he never wanted to stop. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, I could see it. I could see it in his future. And if, if, to be honest, in, if I were to be playing for Montreal, I don't see anything changing. You know, I, I think he's probably learned a few little nuances of like maybe how to manage players. Cause you can't just manage one or two, you have to manage a squad. Right. And so right. obviously I think probably grown and learned in that sense, but I still think that, uh, he holds himself to the highest standard of accountability. Maybe if the team isn't organized the right way, um, he's not going to blame the player. He's going to blame himself. But then if you're organized the right way and the game plan is working and players make technical, 
technical or tactical mistakes, like I can see him holding them to a higher standard and, and making sure that they know where they messed up and, and how to improve. So I think that would have been an interesting dynamic, honestly, calling him coach, calling him boss. Uh, <laughs> I, saw I, mean, I saw an interview with him recently where he was just calling everyone boss, all his coach, all his former coaches. He said, it doesn't matter how old I get. I'm always going to call them boss. And I thought that was pretty cool. Well, he also uh, owns a deli. So that's why he does that, right? You call everyone boss, calls him chief. <laughs> well, I think if you get if you get traded again, I think uh, your wife will lose her mind because she is very vocal about moving so often. She'll send me. She'll send me away. That's it. <laughs> she'll be like you're going. I'm staying right here. You will fly home every day off you get, and that's. It. <laughs> Speaking yeah, of curious. that, can we ask? I think you're going to ask the same question I am. Uh, yeah, go for it. When did you actually find out you were being traded from uh, Rebel uh, to um, Chicago? Chicago. Two days after. The rumor is it was during the wedding, but it wasn't actually during the wedding. It was, it was two days after. It was two days after the wedding. Um, the rumors that I, I have heard and, and is that the trade was done like a couple days even before the wedding, but it just wasn't announced until then out of respect and and. I get thanks, I guess, Red Bull. <laughs> but, but I found out two days after at January camp, um, like first day there. And Bruce Arena had actually given me the first five days of January camp off because I was getting married. And he was like, well, he's like, don't come to camp and then fly back, get married, fly back. He's like, that doesn't make any sense. And Bruce yeah. was like the chillest dude there is. And so I was extremely appreciative of that. And then I got to camp. I went to sleep, met Jesse in the morning for a coffee. He told me, um, and it was emotional, man. It was, it was pretty wild. It was crazy. Cause I don't know if you guys know, but the season was like two or three weeks away. It was yeah. literally right around the corner. And so I was just like, I was like, damn, that's heavy. That's heavy. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, I, yeah. That was, that was a tough, that was a tough moment. Um, obviously leaving New York in, in that manner, but that's the nature of the beast, man. That's, that's what we sign up for. Um, I mean, realistically and realistically that, that is the reason why the, the whole fruit bowl thing happened it wasn't just the wedding it was your wife had posted on instagram with with the fridge the red bull fridge right. on yeah. the street and we were like yo this this woman is gully as hell savage my wife's the best man. <laughs> it really is like i didn't want to mention it before i was like oh we were just looking for an instagram post but it's one where she just was like i'm not gonna miss the rodents behind the wall i'm not gonna miss the roaches <laughs> <laughs> she went in on new york my wife, you got, you guys can have her on next, and she will be far more entertaining. Than you ever. <laughs> That's awesome, but yeah, we got to get her a gully shirt like Christian's wearing. <laughs> yeah, well, the gully. I mean, look, you. It's I a term we use. This. It means like brave or saying whatever you want. But look, we put a little fruit bowl in the bottom of it. Yeah, the the fruit bowl is that's that's because of you, man. Yeah. <laughs> We'll, we'll, I'm, I'm gonna send you guys my address, and I'm gonna tell her to to wear it 24 seven because she does not care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that about it. And 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 so it is interesting that, that you know I I heard your wife was on the call up with Susanna Collins and and Julian Sakovitz and stuff. So uh you know she is very honest about is you know it's interesting hearing the the family perspective of of the MLS player uh and and dealing with like you know you don't know where the, where he's gonna go and and dealing with all this kind of confusion. Now after you're in Chicago and you seem to be settled and everything's going well, then you get traded to Nashville. Nashville. Uh, what, how, how was that handled? Well, what I'll say about that is there's, there's, you, you can't even compare the two cause there's just such a gigantic difference because okay. the whole Nashville Chicago thing was actually a very mutual, uh, okay. right. And so actually it's funny because the, the front office of Chicago essentially said, look, we, we 
specifically don't want to have happen what happened with you in New York. So, you know, we're going to, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about the future. We're not really sure what's going on with our club in general. Cause Chicago was like all over the place that yeah. off season. They didn't really know if they were going to keep the coach. They didn't know what kind of contracts players were going to be on. It was just wild. And so we had really open, honest conversations. And I said, look, if, if, if you guys retain Ponovich and, and he wants me back, then I'll come back. If you guys get a new coach and he wants me to stay, I'll stay. But if there's this little bit of indecision, then, you know, I can move on and, and we can move on. And my wife was okay with it. And so there was a huge difference in the way those were handled. Okay. And I think the, the, the thing that really bothered me the most about the New York thing was just that there was no uh, regard for the timing and, and no regard for a player's input. And usually look trades, uh, it is what it is. You sign up for it, you get traded somewhere. Usually you have to accept that. But I was of the opinion that for how much, you know, I had been in New York and how much I love New York and I just re-signed a new contract that uh, players should have a little bit of a say and a little bit of a knowledge in, in where they end up. And so it worked out fine. I actually really enjoyed my time in Chicago, but there, there were some big differences between those two trades. And look, I mean, the the significant others, I mean, they... At that, at this point, they know what they sign up for. So yeah. you, you, there's really no other way to put it. And my wife is a trooper, man. Uh, yeah, as, like as well. all the other I, girlfriends, wives that do it too. My when when I started comedy, my wife was like, "Oh no, he's going to be away every weekend." Yada yada yada. I'm been a comic for ten years. She's like, "Go book something else, will you?" She's like, "Start booking <laughs> stuff during the week." And <laughs> uh, actually, we have uh, our our Gully Squad, which are our are more dedicated fans, and they had a, a couple questions for you. Uh, so I wanted to read them uh, off to you. So this one, this first one uh, comes from Mike Thomas. He says, for a new team like Nashville, what has it been like being apart from one another for so long? Uh, I'd imagine it's tough for any team, but with uh, most of these relationships being brand new this year, it's probably a little hard. So how, how is that being apart? How is it? Yeah, it's tough, man. It's really tough. You do all you can to uh, to stay connected and to stay involved, but it's not easy, especially coming from an expansion team. We're all still trying to get to know each other. It's only been a couple of months, right? And so um, those, I think those first like six months here together as a team are so important, especially for a new team. This is my first experience on an expansion team. And so, you know, you use those six months to kind of uh, get to know each other, not only on the field, but off the field as well. And so it's been really difficult, to be honest. I think it is a lot tougher than, than teams that have maybe been together for years that know each other, know each other's families, um, you know, so it's been difficult for us. We're trying our best to, to make do just like everyone is, but, um, it's not going to be an excuse. We're not going to use it as an excuse when we come back on the field. We're just going to have to work that much harder. All right. We got a question from uh, Nick Lageman, uh, which is, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but, but, this is, but Nick is, Nick is a very, uh, hardcore rebel fan. He was uh, rebel just fan. a preference. So he said, I'm going to read it quote for quote. Ask him what happened at his birthday party a few years ago when posted on social media pictures the next day of him and Connor Lade wearing tutus and tiaras. <laughs> um, <laughs> Connor Lade was just retired, Connor Lade. Uh, but- that's great. This is, why, this is where social media gets you in trouble. Yeah? Uh-huh. You in particular, <laughs> apparently. Myself in trouble, apparently. That was great. That was a great night. That was uh, a night my wife planned with a, a few of our, our, our close friends on Red Bull. I mean, obviously, you guys know we were a really close team. It was a birthday party, I believe, Let me maybe 29 or 30. I don't know. I don't think it was my 30th. I should probably remember that. But anyway, <laughs> um, we went to a thing in New York City. They have it they, they have it in Chicago, too. But I highly recommend, if, if our worlds go back to normal, highly recommend going. It's called Batsu. Um, and it's just like this restaurant. and 
they have a performance and like you eat dinner and it's like a comedy show. Um, and it's essentially just four comedians competing for different like improv, improv things that like the audience will throw out at them, different little games. Um, and Batsu, I guess in, in Japanese means punishment. And so the loser of those like little improv shows has to take punishment. And it was rigged a hundred percent. I'm pissed about it. I know my wife. Said that. Um, we, uh, we were picked out of the crowd to do something. I won't, I won't talk about what it was and, and okay. lost, which was absolute nonsense. Um, it was and so then we had to, uh, dress up as ballerinas and go through an impromptu ballerina session and, Let's just say I posted a picture, but there will not be any videos posted of that. <laughs> I also love that even during Batsu, you're yelling at the ref. You didn't see that? <laughs> I was. 100%. I was, calling, I was calling nonsense on every single person in there. Well, that's what makes athletes uh, different from, I think, everyone else. Is yeah. that, that that competitive nature bleeds into everything that you do. I have, I have a brother. We're 17 months apart. You have no idea the type of competitions that we got into. Last bowl of cereal, uh, anything, anything that was involved in the house, <laughs> name it. It was, it was being competed over. So I trust think I me, only get that way when it's like there's wings and there's only two left, and I want the flat. <laughs> so I think that's when I see that. We got Wait, one question: flat wing or a drumstick guy? I'm a flat guy. You split the two, suck, suck, boom. Great. And I clean the bone. I, it's French by the time I'm done. Speaking of Thierry Henry, um, who is uh, this question is from Chad Benty. You don't maybe you don't have to answer this, but uh, who is your least favorite European international star you've ever played with? Or you could say against. I'll, I'll add that so that you don't have to throw a teammate on the international, international star. Yeah. It with or against. Oh, that's a, you know, some hot shot, some hot shot DP. Everybody is talking about. Yeah, there's uh, there, to be honest, I mean a lot. There, there are a lot of like just like great dudes out there. That I mean, I will say, um, I will say, I, I will say, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a, a little bit of. Uh, I'll, I'll answer the question, but it'll be a little bit in a different context. Um, my least favorite guy that I played with on the field was actually one of the very first like big name designated players to come to MLS. And hear me out, it was Denielson. I don't know if you guys remember, but of course. At FC- we signed to Nielsen. Um, and this guy could not have been a better guy off the field. <laughs> Incredible dude an amazing five V two player. One of the best I've ever seen, but in the context of like a tactical 11 V 11 game, yeah, just didn't really bring that much to the table and he wasn't fit. Um, and when he came, he actually took my starting spot. So I was pissed. Huh. <laughs> um, and so I, I kind of cheated there because he's a great guy off the field. And obviously in his heyday was like one of the best players in the world with magician with the ball at his feet, but he just never really performed at a very high level for us in Dallas. And I got relegated to the bench when he came. So I'll say Danielson. Okay. Yeah. Well, at least the, now we know there's, there's relegation in MLS. People always complain about that. <laughs> there you go. They could take their tinfoil hats off now on Twitter. It's perfect. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Dax McCarty, for joining us. I also just want to make sure people know this Thursday we'll have Matt Turner, goalkeeper for the New England Revolution. And then the following week, uh, we will have Ali Krieger and Ashton Harris on the show. So make sure uh, you watch those. Yeah, look, that crazy, right? <laughs> make sure that Ashton and Ali know I said hi. I okay, we will do. We'll take care of that. Dax, uh, is there any place uh, people should follow you or anything you want to let people know before we go? 
Uh, I want to let people know that the Red Wedding uh, will be played on from MLS. I will be commentating on it with some unnamed NYCFC player. I hope via Pirlo Lampard, one of those legends. Uh, I think it's Thursday or Friday. Make sure you guys tune in, especially. You guys can comment. <laughs> okay. Don't follow me on the socials, you know. I feel bad for you. All right, all right. You know, you'll yeah, we'll 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 just it'll be crying emojis in our <laughs> in the thing. Whenever, hey, so, whenever I lose the ball or like get kicked, you guys can be like, ah <laughs> Exactly. All right, Dax, we end the show. This is how we normally end the show. So thank you for uh, joining joining us today. So for Dax McCarty, my name is Christian Polanco. I'm Alexis Guerreros, and together what are we? The, the cool again.